coming up on Wrestling Life. I mean, look at the list of people that have come through there that, uh, you know, Nathan, uh, Cash, Wheeler, uh, you know, uh, even David Finley Jr. Uh, just so many guys. I mean, you know, you can't help but get better when you're wrestling every day. And so the cool part of that for me was coming back here stateside and my mind just being so sharp, like after wrestling every day, you know, it's almost not, there's always gonna be, there's always gonna be pressure and nerves, but gosh, I felt invincible out there when I came back working from working for Brian, because I just had done it every day for so long that like you could just go out there in front of a live crowd almost with the gloves off and just go, okay, let's have some fun. Welcome to Wrestling Life with Ben Veal, the show that features real talk from real talent. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Life with Ben Veal, the show that aims to tell the stories behind those that have positively shaped wrestling's past, present and future. We need you to grow, so please do subscribe and follow our socials. Very simply, we are at Wrestling Life Online. Joining me today, I'm very pleased to welcome a very special guest. He has travelled all over the world as a pro wrestler, held numerous championships along the way, and he now finds himself very much at home on Impact Wrestling. A warm welcome to the show today to my guest, one half of The Good Hands with Jason Hotch. It is for one, the only John Schuyler. John, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? I'm good, my friend. How are you? That was a hell of an introduction. Thank you. One does try. Look, firstly, before we say anything else, that shirt, that T-shirt, for those watching on YouTube, just rock that shirt forever, Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah. I love all, I, I gotta, I'm always gonna, always gonna have a crush on Dolly. Absolutely. Favorite Dolly song? Oh, I don't, that's like asking me, what's my favorite breath of air? <laughs> <laughs> and how's life for you in Impact? Uh, you know, I love Impact, man. Uh, everything's great, you know. Uh, we're getting ready to make the turn back to TNA wrestling, which has got a lot of good buzz going on right now. And I'm, yeah. I'm just as excited about it as everybody else is. So, uh, yeah, man, I can't really complain right now. Uh, you know, Impact has uh, really uh, reinvigorated my passion for pro wrestling. How long have you been with Impact for now? So I, I first signed with Impact back in 2021, and uh, it was a real short-term deal. Uh, it was only about six months. And then once my deal ran out, we, we left on uh, good terms, spent a couple months doing my own thing. And then I re-signed uh, last November for a you know, multi-year deal. So I'm going to be with Impact for a little while longer. Good stuff. I'm sure we're very glad to have you. And I, th- I think that I think the name change back to TNA is brilliant. I think I have a lot of nostalgia for that brand. And we're, we're in the era of nostalgia, aren't we? I mean, I think what's old is new again. Yeah, 100%. And I think really, uh, when you look at 2024 and what we're going to do with TNA wrestling, I think the the change from Impact back to TNA is really going to open up a lot of doors for us, not only in terms of bigger venues, uh, new locations, but, uh, you know, maybe a different network, uh, maybe more eyes will get on the product. Uh, who, who's to say? But uh, yeah, just the nostalgic part of it is really, uh, it's really cool for me because uh at the height of my fandom, when I was first like following things on the internet, you know, NWA TNA was first taking off. And uh, when I first started learning about work, uh, work rate in wrestling, it was AJ Styles. It was Christopher Daniels, uh-huh. it was Frankie Kazarian, the Motor City Machine Guns, uh, Samoa Joe, so many others. And uh, it's 
kind of surreal that I can call myself a TNA wrestler now. Yeah, and, and of course you're you know you're sharing the locker room with Alex Shelley and, and Chris Saban. What's that like for guys that you kind of looked up to when you were kind of looking at that work rate, and now you get to be a peer to them? Uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty wild actually. Um, you know, Alex Shelley for one is just got an incredible wrestling IQ. Uh, he's so smart and he thinks about wrestling a completely different way than anybody else I've ever seen. And the other cool thing about Alex Shelley is, uh, you know, fans don't get to see this, but you know, uh, before the doors open, uh, at every television taping, every live event, Alex Shelley's in there with the young guys and girls and, and teaching and rolling around in the ring and, uh, teaching them new, new, uh, holds, uh, new, you know, uh, ways of looking at psychology, but Alex Shelley is always in the ring before the shows working out with the young people. And that's like a invaluable experience. You wouldn't, you know, you, you don't get that anywhere. Uh, so that's always cool. Chris Saban, great guy laid back. Uh, you know, he's one of the brothers and um, I'm really looking forward to the chance. Hopefully soon with uh, where me and Jason Hotch will get to work with uh, the machine guns. Cause it hasn't happened yet. Where did your journey begin into the squared circle? Like what was behind your decision to become a pro wrestler? And also who did you idolize growing up? Like who, who was your guy or guys? Uh, okay. So uh, I always wanted to be a pro wrestler ever since I was a kid. I grew up in a little town called Blythewood, South Carolina. Wasn't much out there. I remember when we finally got cable TV, it was like the world changed. <laughs> um, yep. But uh, I was just such a big fan of wrestling, but like I was a big Bret Hart guy. Big Shawn Michaels guy, uh, Mr. Perfect up there too, uh, Eddie Guerrero, Arn Anderson. So the so longer about, I go all on. All about the work rate. Yeah. All about the work rate. But I also was just in, like just infatuated with the the colorful characters uh, all the way down to like Coco Beware and Frankie and, uh, you know, the British Bulldog. Uh, so many, so many people like I just loved wrestling and uh, man, it's just it puts a smile on my face to this day talking about it uh, when I was a kid. And then I, I started off in college, uh, University of South Carolina. I got a teaching degree. I actually taught school for eight years. Um, but while I was in college, you know, I was bouncing. I was working in a copy center. I was doing all these things to make ends meet and get through college. And I just wasn't happy. Uh, and thinking about having a normal job was very taxing on me mentally uh, even in college, you know, and I was only 19, 20 years old, but I was thinking, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? What's going to make me happy? And, um, so I started thinking about possibilities and I was just started thinking, what if, what if I tried pro wrestling, um, and talked to my parents, uh, agreed that, uh, you know, as long as I finished college, they would, uh, support me in pursuing wrestling. And they did, um, but that was the big agreement was that I had finished school. So you had, to have, you had to have your plan B where you can pursue wrestling, but you've got to have your degree. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I got an argument one time. I would, I think it was with Colt Cabana. Cause he always said that uh, if you, if you have a plan B, you're setting yourself up for failure automatically. And I think that's a real dumb way of looking at things. And I think he would even disagree with that minor or that way of thinking now, but um, yeah, it was always good to have a plan B. And when people come to me now and ask me for advice, I'm, what they need to do to get into wrestling. That's the one thing I always say is just get an education, get a degree in something, go get a two-year degree in junior college. If you have to just something to fall back on. I was in college again, like I said, making ends meet best I could did some research and um, started finding local independent shows, which I didn't even know existed in my area. Right. And started going there, 
kind of just mingled and networked with some of the guys. I would start helping set up the rings and put out the chairs. And this was long before I'd ever taken a bump or anything like that. So I started doing some research. I uh, found a school in Gaston, South Carolina with a guy by the name of Bob Keller, who was a journeyman wrestler. He still trains people to this day in, uh, in Gaston, South Carolina. He's got a load of students. He trains referees, wrestlers, ring announcers, you name it. Bob's, uh, Bob's done just about every job there is to do in wrestling. Awesome. And uh, started with him in, I want to say, April of 08. And I had my first match in July of 08. So I took it to, the, I took to it like a fish in water. That's quick. Yeah. Yeah. It got to the point too, where if you grew up a lifelong fan, like you kind of pick up on things a little bit, even as a fan. And, uh, I don't want to say it was easy, uh, cause you know, training is tough, but, uh, it just came naturally to me. Um, I, I don't know other, another way to explain it. Um, it got to the point where Bob would, you know, even on off days, cause we would train like once a week, usually three hours on a Sunday or whatever, but then Bob would give me the keys to the building. And if I wanted to come on a Wednesday to get extra time, I could do it. Even if I was by myself, he would give me the keys to the building, but it got to a point where Bob was even like, look, man, I can't teach you anything else. You've already, you, you get all of it. Wow. Uh, wow. So he was like, uh, you know, now you need to be in front of a crowd. I'll never forget it. Uh, I was in the copy center on a Friday afternoon working and he said, Hey, we're leaving for West Virginia tomorrow. Do you want to go? And I said, well, you know, it's, I got a lot of schoolwork to get done and I got to work 6 a.m. on Monday. And he cut me off mid-sentence, Bob did. And he said, uh, well, I'll tell you this. I, can, I can't guarantee you that you're going to be booked on any of the shows this weekend. But I can guarantee you that you won't be booked if you stay your ass at home. So uh, I was like, I'll see you in the morning. And I got on the road and we did, uh, I think, four shows in three days around West Virginia. And sure enough, the last day of the, uh, the loop, couple guys didn't show up. They needed somebody to take an ass whooping in the third match and they called upon this guy right here. This episode of Wrestling Life is brought to you in partnership with our friends over at Legacy Sports Nutrition. Take your physical and mental performance to the next level with Test X9, a natural testosterone booster. Clinically proven, Test X9 from Legacy Sports Nutrition is NSF certified, third party lab tested and made in the US of A. And it's brought to you by friends of the show, three-time world champion Nick Aldis and 10-time world champion Mickey James. Nick developed and uses these products himself, so you know they work. And he shows you how over at LegacySupps.com with links to clinical studies on each of the nine key ingredients. No bull, no bro science, just facts. It's time to level up your strength, energy, libido and drive now with Test X9 from Legacy Sports Nutrition. And if you want to really level up, Go for the ultimate test stack, adding T-Assist, a pro-grade estrogen inhibitor and test enhancer, and the best-selling sleep aid Recovery PM, and discover why improving your sleep is the key to unlocking your mental and physical potential. So stop settling for average. Go to LegacySupps.com now and use the promo code WRESTLINGLIFE for 10% off your entire order. That's promo code WRESTLINGLIFE. And if you subscribe to have it shipped every 30 days, you can still get the discount every single time. So head on over now to LegacySupps.com and level up with Legacy. I know that um, you had a stint a few years into your into your wrestling journey. You came over, over here to the UK for Brian Dixon's All-Star Wrestling, um, which I know, especially at that time, was a real breeding ground for top international talent. What are your memories like from, from touring those days? 
I still say this to this day. Uh, that was the best time of my life, uh, especially that first summer over in 2013. I had more fun over here or sorry, over there working for Brian than I did in college. I mean, really? it was just it, it felt like uh, as close as my generation will ever get to work in a territory because you would get in the car, you would do the show, you would put the ring up, tear it down, you know, pick up some some brews, some beers, uh, get in the van tell stories, drink on the way to the next town, do it all again the next day. And you did that for like, you know, for me that first time it was about three or four months. Wow. Uh, it was, it was a while, it was the entire summer. So I just felt like a full-time wrestler and um, it was so cool, man. It was just so much fun. And yeah, like, I mean, look at the list of people that have come through there that, uh, you know, Nathan, uh, Cash, Wheeler, uh, you know, uh, even David Finley Jr. Uh, just so many guys. I mean, you know, you can't help but get better when you're wrestling every day. And so the cool part of that for me was coming back here stateside and my mind just being so sharp, like after wrestling every day, you know, it's almost not there's always going to be there's always going to be pressure and nerves. But gosh, I felt invincible out there when I came back working from Brian, working for Brian, because I just had done it every day for so long that like, you could just go out there in front of a live crowd, almost with the gloves off and just go, okay, let's have some fun. For me, this podcast and this show and having conversations like this is all actually about talking about the incredible art form and the training and the psychology that goes into this sport that we love. Yeah. I mean, we're considered the redheaded stepchild, right. Of entertainment. But if you think about it, there's no other entertainment like what we do in the world. It's like I call it live action theater, because if you were to go to the theater and watch a, a play, whatever, whatever it may be, uh, if the fans heckle, they get kicked out. If uh, if the fans uh, or whoever's watching the play uh, aren't responding the way the actors want them to, well, the actors are still going to do the same the same thing. They're not going to deviate from the script. You know, I, I go back to the old wrestler, the, the movie, The Wrestler, that came out right when I first started. You know, the original guy that was supposed to play Randy the Ram was Nicolas Cage. And oh, Nicolas really? Cage, yeah, Nicolas Cage tried to do the take the bumps, and he, he just said, "This I can't do it. I'm, I can't. I'm not cut out for this." And then Mickey Rourke stepped in and ended up becoming Randy the Ram. But that right there should tell you everything you need to know about professional wrestling. Yeah, and it feels it feels like. Impact is in a really, really exciting time at the moment. It feels not just for name change, but it feels like there's been a real, you know, I, fo I followed the product for a long, long time, and it feels like there's a real resurgence of energy in the last year in terms of not only the in ring action, but also the overall product. Right. And for me, the big selling point for me was it's not the money, it's not anything other than the fact that. It was the road less traveled for me. Uh, in my at that point, I'd been wrestling twelve or thirteen years. Uh, I did jobs on television for WWE uh, numerous times. I'd done jobs at that point now on AEW numerous times. Uh, for me, this was an opportunity to break the perception of who John Schuyler is as a talent. I think in the global eyes of the masses, uh, you know, I didn't look. Nobody gets into wrestling because they want to be a loser. Uh, mm -hmm. nobody gets into anything because they want to be a loser. Yeah. So like when you hear about people like Bret Hart always, you know, I always circle back to Bret cause he's like the Yoda of pro wrestling. Like he, he said, did I take winning and losing a little too serious sometimes? Well, yeah, nobody grows up wanting to be a loser. Yeah. Right. So 
for me, impact was an opportunity really to break the perception of what I'd been seen as up until that point. And what I mean by that is, okay, you know, I start off with impact. My debut matches with Matt Cardona and uh, I get the big dub. I get the win in my debut. Um, and then they get me in these matches with guys like Laredo kid and, and Jake something and uh, you know, Swan and Sammy Callahan and all these other people, I'm getting the opportunity to work with all these guys and I'm getting the chance to show the world what I'm capable of when I get, when I get 15 minutes with Trey Miguel, you know, I can show, you know, it's not a 30 second squash against no way Jose, like it's an X division title match on a pay-per-view, you know, now I'm showing the world what I can actually do. And that's the exciting part for me. And that's exactly why I chose impact wrestling. And what, just where, the opportunity. Do, where do you want to go from here with TNA? Well, obviously, I would love to win the tag belts with Hotch. Uh, you know, if that's a short-term goal or a long-term goal, it's a goal. Uh, you know, X Division title, always been a, always been a, a goal of mine as well. Um, and then also just, man, like there's so much talent at Impact and TNA that I haven't gotten the chance to really dance with yet that I really want the opportunity to, to, to work with. Um, who's to say, uh, you know, a year from now, you know, we'll see what the landscape of wrestling looks like, but uh, you know, I'm very excited about not only what I've already done with TNA and impact wrestling, but I'm really excited about what the future has in store for, for not only myself, but Hotch as well. To put, to put you on the spot, do you have a dream match in terms of the current, current roster that you haven't faced yet? Uh, it would be Saban or Shelly. I mean, they're kind of like 1A and 1B for me. You know, I literally, I said this, I think, in a tweet. One of the reasons I signed with Impact initially was so I could get the chance to work with the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, that was a big selling point for me because even, like I said, going back to when I was first discovering about the internet and wrestling on, you know, uh, work rate and all that, like, I was such a huge fan of the Motor City Machine Guns and um, just having the opportunity to work with them in a singles, them in a tag, either, either or would be great. Um, you know, me and Josh Alexander have wrestled before, but I would like to do it on the, on the, the impact, you know, uh, yeah. TNA uh, platform. Uh, man, there's just so many. Um, Eddie Edwards is another one. I've worked with Eddie a couple times before on the independence, but we've never had the chance to do anything on impact or TNA. I'd like to have some time to do some stuff with Frankie Kazarian. He's a, he's a good buddy of mine now. And I've learned a lot from Frankie riding with him and he's taught me a whole lot. So it'd be fun to do some stuff with him. Um, yeah, man, I know I feel like I'm, I'm leaving somebody out, but uh, that's just the way it goes. But the other thing too, that is so um, infectious about Frankie Kazarian is his passion still for professional wrestling. You know, he had the opportunity to stay where he was uh, and he could have made a lot of money where he and stayed and stayed put. He came to TNA and impact wrestling because he wanted more and he wanted to, you know, uh, he wanted to work and he wanted to wrestle. He didn't want to sit on the sidelines and he had, he felt like he had a lot to offer and he still does. And I mean, he is one of the big, um, I guess, uh, I guess you would call him locker room leader. Yeah. He's, uh, he's one of the guys that really is, he's a glue that really holds our locker room together. And, uh, he's definitely should be a role model for anybody in any locker room. 
I mean, would you say that you're moving into that kind of area now? I mean, you're, you know, you're, I know, I know, you're still fairly new into impact by the grand scheme of things, but you're a 15 year veteran. I mean, are you getting to the point where some of the young talent coming in are asking you for advice? You're a very well travelled competitor. Uh, more so on the independence, uh, you know. Uh, typically, you know, I mean, people ask me for my input here and there, yet at, at, at Impact, but. Uh, I really see it a lot on the independents. Um, guys want me to watch their matches, give them feedback, and girls, um, you know. But my thing is, is uh, I'd like to consider my knowledge to be pretty valuable. So I'm not going to just hand it out for free either. Uh, like, if if you want my advice, you can come ask me. I'm not going to just be the guy that walks around the locker room. Oh, you guys are doing it all wrong. Like, and just you know, I'm not. I'm not that guy. But. Uh, if you if you want to if you want my input, I'll give you my input at the same time. But uh, yeah, again, you go back to yeah, I've been doing it 15 years. But you know, there's a lot of people that have been doing it even longer than that year wise, but they haven't been to the places that some of us have been. They haven't had the number of matches. You know, I've met so many 20 year veterans that have barely had 100 matches. You know, that's like what two matches a year. <laughs> so uh, you know, it's it's it doesn't always equate to time in our business. Yeah. A lot of it is the reps, you know, getting the chance to do things like all-star. Uh, I think I'm coming up on 1500 matches and, and, and that's not bad in 15 years. Uh, especially when you look at the seven or eight months that I was out. So, uh, you know, but I, I love, I love, uh, I, I still love this. I'm still a huge fan of it. And giving people uh, my feedback, uh, giving them advice, if I can, steer them in the direction that they need to go or at least teach them from my mistakes that I've made, uh, you know, then I'm doing, it, it's so weird how life works, but it goes back to circling back around to being a teacher. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, because of course. I, yeah. Cause I, uh, cause I, that, that's what I got my degree in and that's what I did for eight years on the side. You know, it's kind of weird how it all comes full circle in that regard. So the last thing I wanted to ask you about John, for anyone that's listening today who loves the world of wrestling like you has grown up with it and now wants to make that move into wrestling and become a competitor themselves. What advice can you give to start off in the right way? Get an education, get a degree, um, have a plan B, something to fall back on. Um, it's something I also learned lately, or uh, actually recently, it's going to sound like, uh, I don't know, like I'm talking out my ass here, but um, I learned it from Bully Ray. Uh, after being with him on TV quite a bit at Impact, I remember asking Bully for advice one time, and he just looked at me and says, "Get over, kid. Just get over." I go, "What? What does that mean? How do how do, how do I get over?" And he goes, "I don't know. I was a three hundred pound guy in tie dye that could dance, and I had a stuttering gimmick. Would that work for you? Probably not. Get over." And uh, so, you know, get over is a piece of advice, uh, whatever that is, and whatever that means to whoever. It it may apply to. And then the other thing that I try to tell that's kind of like my weird own life advice when it comes to applying it to wrestling is just enjoy the journey. I mean, at some point, you know, no, nobody can wrestle forever. Um, you know, one day it's all going to be over. You know, you enter the business with nothing, you leave it with nothing. The only thing that you can really hang on to after it's all said and done is the places you've gone, the friendships, the bonds, the, the memories, the stories, um, that's what you really hold on to when it's all over. So like, enjoy the, enjoy the journey to get there. Don't get so obsessive about making it all the time because 
you, 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 these memories will come and go and you won't even get to appreciate them for what they are. You know, we all look back at 2013 working for Brian with such fondness because we were all having the time of our lives, you know, from, we didn't know what was going to happen from day to day. And that's what made it exciting and, and, and fun. And, you know, we all hold those memories so dear to our hearts because again, you know, we know, I think we even probably knew then, man, this will never happen again. Like we might as well appreciate this while we, while we've got it. So um, those are some of my, you know, pieces of advice, get an education, get over and enjoy the journey. I love it, man. For the, for the last, the last thing before we wrap up is for anyone who's listening today, who isn't following you currently, John, what are your socials? Plug away. Uh, it's at the John Schuyler on Instagram and Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. And it's S K Y L E R. Uh, you know, that's all pretty much all I have on social right now. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel where I've kind of upload promos and matches and some classic material too, from my early years where I wasn't very good. And I know I have a pro wrestling tea store and I, you know, I don't really make a lot of money off of that, but, uh, if people want to hit me up for merch, they can. I'll be happy to sell them something. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I would love to have you back on again in the future. Um, you know, get yourself some gold. I want to. I want to get you back on when you've got either the TNA tag title or X Division or World title over your shoulder, John. So let's make absolutely, that absolutely. I can't wait. And this was a lot of fun. I can't wait to do it again. Oh, thank you, my friend. I appreciate your time. I don't, do a, lot, I don't, do, I don't do a lot. Of, I don't do a lot of these. I, mean, I, I told you that off air. I don't do a lot yeah. of these. So. I feel honoured. So thank you very much, John. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you, bud. Cheers. Well, that's it for another Wrestling Life. Thank you to my guest, John Skyler from Impact Wrestling. Thank you to my producer, Jeff Easton from Tall Lake Productions, who always brings Wrestling Life to life. Most importantly, thank you to all of you for taking the time to be with us today. We'll be back very soon with some more real talk from real talent. In the meantime, be good to each other. Take care. See ya.